Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. morning good afternoon good night whatever time you listen to the show if you're listening to the show appreciate it and welcome back in this is the believe and jayhawks basketball show happy to be plugging away as 2020 rolls onwards towards its second month of the year coming to you on this beautiful thursday january 28th kansas basketball is prepared to play tonight against the TCU Horn Frogs. Again, that was originally scheduled for Tuesday, but got pushed back to today because <laughs> in today's world, whatever. If you can play the game, God bless it. You do it. TCU may not have their head coach for the game, but again, again, that sort of just goes in with the flow and the fold of how this chaotic year and season has gone. So let's set the table. Let's talk about what's on the docket. Let's see what's going on. Uh, have some fun topics to get to today. Uh, real quickly, uh, I'm going to touch on, well, our former friends to the east, well, in middle America, and it depends where you're listening. If you're on the east coast, D.C., whatever, they'll be to the west of you because everything's to the west of you in the U.S. Um, but for those of you in Kansas or west of there, uh, we're going to talk about some old furry friends and why they can't keep their feet out of their mouth because they're idiots. Um, then I will touch on, I, I want to double down real quickly on the whole t- Kansas can't recruit and t- Kansas has no talent right now. I want to double down on that, get a little bit deeper into what's happening with the KU roster. And then a quick preview, since we are talking or I'm talking on a day in which KU actually will be playing a game, the rare instance where they play later tonight, which doesn't necessarily help the program since you know i think it gets posted well it gets posted day of but most people listen to it the next day anyways it's all good real quickly you're listening to the believe in jayhawks basketball show on the believe podcast network your number one home for professionals we believe in our teams do you believe i believe (laughs) i lost my train of thought there for a second I uh, get used to these things eventually. We've actually surpassed a year of doing the show. I, I realized a week or two ago, I had a Facebook post or Facebook memory that reminded me that Kansas fought K-State like a year ago today or something. And so, yeah, it's been one year of doing it big. Uh, how's the year gone? <laughs> no big deal. Had March Madness canceled. Had an eternally long off season in the summer. And then, uh Yeah. Kansas turns out they, they're kind of mediocre, but it's all good. Let's let's mosey on through today's show. Appreciate you listening. If you have an opinion, let me know at Joe Nasty ninety on Twitter. Uh, I had someone respond to a tweet I had about Kansas's talent level 
online the other day. He was sort of just arguing for argument's sake, not really making any points. And then on Instagram, if you want to slide into the DMs, at JonasN310. So, things are not going great for Kansas basketball right now. Losers of three in a row, although still ranked, a decent clip. KU is now number 15 in the polls. I think that's a bit more of an accurate reflection. There was a period, and I will admit, that I thought that Kansas was the best of the rest behind Baylor and Gonzaga. Clearly, that's not the case. It's okay. (laughs) Backtracking. I'm really good at that. I I think Kansas is a top 25 team. I do think they're a top 20 team. I think that... Look, I didn't even realize it until it was brought up on the broadcast the other day against Oklahoma. KU just played because of the COVID issues and the fact that the Iowa State game got postponed. Uh, Kansas had just played three straight road games, which, all things considered, even in a normal year, is really tough to do, let alone when you're dealing with everything that's going on right now and you need to be careful about where you go and what you touch and who you see or don't see, I guess you, you could say. And you don't know necessarily who you're going to play in a couple days. Uh, playing three straight road games is really brutal on college kids, even if they do charter flights and have posh accommodations. So keep that in mind. Kansas does finally get the chance to play a home game tonight against TCU, who has their own you know, sort of COVID-halted season shenanigans of their own, which we'll get to a little bit later. So Kansas is now number 15. Things not going swimmingly. But the beauty of college basketball is that truly the co- the regular season doesn't really matter, right? As Kansas fans, and I, I brought this up last week, uh, look, we love winning the Big 12, love winning conference tournaments. Trophies are good. Silverware is good. It means that no matter what, you've had a nice season. You have players that have built themselves into opportunities for the future. And it's just been really fun to watch. But more often than not, right, you're left feeling empty at the end of a season that doesn't come with a national championship or or a deep run in March. And you sort of forget about the fact that you won the Big 12 by two or three games. So the good news is, is Kansas going to win the Big 12? God, no. No, Baylor's amazing. They At one point, we're up on K-State yesterday, 41-7. to K-State sucks, but again, it, it illustrates how good Baylor is. Still undefeated in conference. And much like I said, I'm not going to backtrack this one. Texas is coming back to the pack. No one's going to catch the Bears down there in Waco. It's fine. They're a good team. They're an amazing team. Teams like that come around every now and then, and they catch Kansas on a downward swoop. But at least Kansas fans recognize sort of the situation at hand. Unlike, and you know, this is sort of, I'm sort of doing the story to make myself feel better, you know? Unlike Mizzou, who just can't get out of their way. I told you the story earlier in the season when I think it was the guy who their SID, the sports information director for the basketball team, did some online chirping about the rankings. And again, it's usually at Jesse Newell, the KC star writer. And they go out there and they lose the very next day. Oh, all right. So Kansas currently... Has lost three straight, dropped to number 15 in the rankings. Missouri is playing well. 
how well? Well, not all the voters are necessarily convinced. Uh, the advanced analytics have them more in like the 30s, but because most people vote in a traditional, uh, this team's playing well, this team beat another team that's ahead of them, so they must be decent. Missouri's in the AP poll ranked number 12, which means that everyone in Columbia all of a sudden is really feeling the roads, and I think they got themselves a powerhouse program that how dare you say anything negative about them, which led to Sean Davis. Who's that? Oh, he's just the director of social media at Mizzou to tweet out, and a guy who I've looked through and looked at some of his photos and social media, uh, if that's the director of social media, then uh, <laughs> I'd hate to see the level of social media doing below him. Anyways, he, he made sure to tweet out on the 25th, a couple days ago, two AP top 25 voters graduated from Kansas. Their respective ranking for Mizzou hoops this week, again, Jesse Newell, who put them at 25, and Zach Klein, not ranked, followed by a gif of Jennifer Lawrence, the famous one, going, okay, and then the, the thumbs up. Sarcastic. We get it, Sean. Basically looking to sick the fan base on these voters and the bias and blah, blah, blah. Um, I've gone over it numerous times, so has Jesse online. He has a system for ranking. He does not stray from it. He sort of says who would be favored if one team faced another, and he doesn't think Mizzou would be favored versus Kansas on a, on a neutral court, despite all the machinations that's happened this season. And what does Mizzou go and do once again? One day later, once again, after the folks in Columbia have the audacity <laughs> to open their big, stinking tiger mouths, they lose again to an unranked Auburn team who does have some talent, mind you, but still unranked. So maybe there's a reason these people vote that way, and it's not just bias. Why don't you stick to not winning anything down there in Columbia? Continue not making Final Fours. Second most appearances in the NCAA tournament without making Final Four. Your Missouri Tigers. And just let things play out. All right? No one cares. Stop enraging a fan base. You nincompoops. All right. Moving on. If you, think, if you think I'm full of vinegar right now, here we go. I want to move to a point that I sort of touched on last week, but I want to sort of expand on it, if you will. And I did. This is something I tweeted about during the Oklahoma game. So if you saw it, I apologize for repeating myself. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. If you're a Missouri fan, first and foremost, I don't know why you're listening to the show, but if you want to get back at me, you know where to find me. You're a fool. But I want to get back to the fact that anytime Kansas this year tends to go into a spiral, people go, you know, the NCAA allegations are just hanging like a dark cloud over this team. They can't recruit. They don't have talent on this team. In which I say, You're, that's wrong. <laughs> I was going to say something else, and I caught myself. What is the best way to determine if a team has talent, right? Sure, 
we can use the eye test. We can say this team's playing well. This is a talented team. But in college basketball and college football, you generally judge a coach and its staff on the recruits and unfortunately, for better or worse, on the stars assigned to those recruits coming in. Right? I mean, for four- and five-star players, their best ball is ahead of them, presumably in the pros. Like, when they come in as four- or five-star players, they're basically working off of their strengths that they already have. And if they're five-stars and they're one-and-done guys, you got to get what you can out of them and their wonderful talents before they move on to the NBA. So, this Kansas team isn't talented? Oh, okay. Well, they do have one five-star on the team in Bryce Thompson. That's generally par for the course for a Kansas team. They're not Kentucky or Duke who loads up on three or four five-stars and plays freshman-heavy teams, except for the Andrew Wiggins team, which had Selden, Joel Embiid, who was not a five-star recruit at the time, by the way, and such. So they have the five-star. Granted, Bryce Thompson is not playing. He got hurt, and he's had some injury issues. But I don't want to hear that Kansas is having trouble recruiting. They brought in a five-star. And yes, I will backtrack on myself and realize that Bill Self had a pre-existing relationship with Bryce Thompson's father. Regardless, what about the rest of the roster that is just so terrible at basketball, especially coming through the high school ranks. Well, as I go through 24-7 sports, past signings of Kansas, again, I go to 24-7. I think this is the best recruiting and sort of overall evaluator of high school talent out there. You can go to ESPN, what have you. But this is where I'm going. This is where I'm basing my argument. So as we move down into the four-star guys, oh, there's Silvio DeSosa, who, by the way, was supposed to be on this year's team. Did you forget that? I did until I looked at these rankings. That's a four-star guy. A four-star guy, excuse me, that was going to be on this roster. David McCormack, McDonald's All-American, four-star talent. You know, uh, there's Jalen Wilson, the guy that was supposed to be on Michigan, four-star. Right below him, Marcus Garrett, four-star. Tristan Anaruna, this actually surprised me. He's a four-star recruit. And then a little bit below him, this also surprised me, Dewan Harris is a four-star recruit and the best player in his state. The state happens to be Missouri, but he's still the best player in his state coming out of high school. And to round it out, again, I thought Ochai was a three-star recruit. No, he's a four-star recruit, which means people thought of him relatively highly coming out of high school. And then you have Christian Brown, Mitch Lightfoot, Three stars, sure. Tyon Grant Foster, a three star coming out of Juco. But again, I talked about this last week. Kansas fans love program guys. And this time last year, if I was telling you Christian Brown's going to be getting more minutes, I think most Kansas fans would have loved that. The guy was hitting every three point shot, he was tough, he was rebounding. And it hasn't happened this year. Mitch Lightfoot. You know what you're going to get out of him. Tough, gritty. Stick his nose in there. Undersized. Listed at 6'8". That's not the case. So right there, for this year's team, which people are complaining about, broadcasters are saying doesn't have the talent as past Kansas teams, 
Well, that's not the case. So what is happening here? First off, let's start with the obvious. And I'm not going to make excuses for people, but it does have to be said. It's a weird year, right? When college players have one to four years to be in a team, in a program, in a system, you need to have a lot of development from a year-to-year offseason. That's what Kansas has done amazingly. That's why guys like Frank Mason and Devontae Graham have made names for themselves and will have their names in the rafters because they developed over their four years. Well, in the age of coronavirus, that off-season development and off-season conditioning and practice was probably hampered a bit. Clearly didn't affect teams like Baylor and Gonzaga, but those are also teams that had experience and guys remaining in the same roles. Kansas last year lost two of the top 10 players in the nation, both of which are now pros. Devon Dotson just got assigned to the G League. Hope he gets an opportunity to flourish. So this Kansas team has a ton of experience on it. Look at the starting lineup. A junior in Ochai Abaji, a senior in Marcus Garrett, a junior in David McCormack, and then Christian Brown, who got a lot of experience as a sophomore. So it's, a, it's an experienced group, but they're not used to these roles, and it does not look like they're able to develop over the offseason. And in fact, that sort of went right into my second point. No, these guys are not are not ready. These are not guys who are ready for these situations. Want to talk about development? Yudoka Azubuki turned into the most unstoppable force in college basketball last year. David McCormack is now a junior, and you don't know what you're going to get out of him, right? A physical freak. McDonald's All-American here in his junior year. And who knows, right? That's a lack of development. I don't know if it's Dave. I don't know if it's the coaching staff. I don't know if he's just in the wrong era to be a Duncan rebound big man. Or I should say a, a big man who fancies himself as a go-to offensive player. When really he should just be a dunking and rebounding big man. But he's, is he any better than he was as a freshman? Marginally. And thirdly, lastly, this is sacrilegious. And on these airwaves, I've said, what other coach would you want other than Bill Self? But are these players, is this team being put in the best situations to maximize their abilities and their talents? In college, you got to be flexible. Being rigid and just sticking to like a 2-3 zone like Syracuse or man-to-man defensive team like Bill Self usually is, it's going to work 99% of the time. But sometimes you got to look at the roster and you got to see what goes well. What in the world happened to the five-guard offense or the five-out offense? 
It was clearly Kansas's best team or best lineup in the early part of the year. David McCormack has like a two to three game good stretch, and all of a sudden, Bill Self and Kansas barely goes to it. In fact, in their last game against Oklahoma, if I remember correctly, the five guard lineup is what got them back into the game. That was their best stretch of play. Kansas doesn't get easy transition baskets. They can't get any easy baskets whatsoever. They don't dunk the ball. They can't lay the ball in. Maybe speed up the pace of the game. If you have so much depth and you don't know who to play, do what West Virginia did a few years ago when they started the Press Virginia movement. I'm not saying go full 40 minutes of hell per se, but maybe let's get these kids running around. Let's speed up the pace of play. Let's see if we can cause a little havoc. Let's see if you can if you can create a little transition opportunity for a team that struggles to score. Who knew they were going to struggle to score this year? I don't know. I did. One of the three keys I'll keep harping on going into the season. Big man play, will they be able to score enough? Both of those things have turned out to be true. So the team has talent. Don't get angry that that talent is not playing well. It's okay to say maybe they're, they just stink this year. Maybe they're just not playing well. They're not getting it done. That's the best way to put it. Anywho, big game against TCU tonight. TCU comes into this game not having played since January 12th. So, yeah, Kansas is heavily favored. I would be shocked if KU does not roll through this one. They've heard all the nonsense going through a three-game losing streak. Kansas is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. TCU travels to Lawrence, perhaps even without their head coach. It's up in the air whether Jamie Dixon is either going to be is even going to be available for this game tonight. Last time TCU played, they lost to Oklahoma by a score of 82 to 46. They actually also are on a three-game losing streak. One of those games that they lost was that game to Kansas. <laughs> way back on January 5th. If you're thinking about that game, that was one of those games I talked about where McCormack played well. 20 points, 7 of 9 shooting. Oche Abaji also played well. 3 of 6 from 3-point range, 19 points. Players to look out for, of course, RJ Nemhard scored 14 in the last game. Kevin Samuel is usually a guy to look out for, although he did not play amazingly in the last matchup, and Chuck O'Bannon Jr., who scored 18 in the previous matchup. 18 points in only 16 minutes off the bench for Chuck O'Bannon. Yes, his father, Charles O'Bannon, former UCLA National Championship champion, I should say. And he and his brother Ed, one of the two of them, is the reason why you no longer have NCAA video games because they filed a lawsuit for likeness and images. So when you see Chuck tonight, or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Friday, <laughs> that's the guy. Well, that's his dad. All right. Thanks, for, as always, for listening. Fun show tonight. Yeah, I think Kansas is going to roll tonight. I really do. We'll see if Bill Self implements 
I, look, I, I, is he going to run a press? No. But I, I'm all for maybe a little bit more excitement. You've got you know, depth. You can use that word however you want. He's got a lot of guys on the roster that can play. And with a team where you don't know what you're going to get night in, night out from certain players, and you sort of need to figure out who's got it today, doesn't seem like the worst idea. Maybe a little zone. They seem to go to zone. It seems to go well, mostly because teams aren't expecting it from Kansas. I am not really questioning Bill Self. The guy is a basketball savant, and we have seen him go through many changes in-game to win Kansas uh, basketball contests. But a team that I believe is more than capable and is performing like this, I think it's fair to question the big man. And my overarching point still holds. Really? Let's just get this, this outfit of young men rolling towards the end of the year. Let's see if they can cause a little mischief and havoc in March, right? The Big 12's loaded. They're going to get seven teams into the tournament. They're going to get seven teams into the tournament. Kansas has played three straight road games. Like, this is this is a tough task for these guys to deal with. Get into March. Go against teams that are probably not as good as the Big 12 competition that you faced. A neutral in a neutral site, it's going to be a weird situation for everybody playing in the state of Indiana. If you hadn't heard, it's going to be all bubble bubble life for the NCAA tournament all throughout the Crossroads State. And see if you can't have some fun in the March Madness tournament. We'll see, right? That's the beauty of college basketball. It's all one wacky journey filled with potholes but also some beautiful moments. Hopefully a few more beautiful moments tonight. This has been a beautiful couple of minutes here on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I hope you're doing well. hope you're staying safe. hope you're staying warm. Where I'm at, it's about to be a downpour today, so I'm getting out my slicker. I'm going to go jump in some puddles. Until then, I bid you adieu and rock shock. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.